Christmas isn't just a time to decorate your house, to spend time with loved ones, and to open long-awaited presents. Christmas is a time to remember, to remember that salvation doesn't come from within, it comes from above. To remember that infinitely better than the magic of Christmas is the miracle of Emmanuel. To remember that God was not and is not untouched by the pain and suffering of this world. To remember that Jesus isn't just part of the Christmas story, but Christmas is part of the Jesus story. To remember that there is no grace without a cross and no cross without a manger. To remember that Jesus doesn't just want us to remember what he did, but to join him in what he is doing. So this year, let the lights remind you of the light of the world who came into darkness for us. Let the gifts remind you of the greatest gift of all. And this year, make your heart like Bethlehem and receive the King. And so church family gathered on this Christmas Eve, would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I thank you for this moment where we get to meet with you and consider the Christmas story. I ask that you would speak to each heart specifically to give them comfort and peace. Now may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. You are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. And so I am so honored that you uh, spent the culmination of the Christmas season here with us at Amazing Love. Welcome once again. And it's finally time. Uh, it's time for the food. It's time for family. And yes, it is time for presents. And I don't know about you, but I still remember what it was having to wait in order to open those presents. Uh, just curious, how many of you open on Christmas Day? Christmas Day. And Christmas Eve? So we were the minority, but we were Christmas Evers. And, and my dad was a pastor, and I remember what it was to wait for him to come home from church after like a barrage of services. I don't know how many they had at St. Stephen's Beaver Dam, but it was a lot. And it seemed like forever until he finally got home. In fact, we grumbled so much because we were impatient. I don't know if you can relate. That sometimes mom and dad would let us, uh, or mom would let us open one before he came home, right? I bring this up because um, maybe you've uh, known what it is to wait for something and, and question if it would ever come. Can we talk a little bit about packages and Amazon Prime? Prime usually has come through for me. Almost uh, exclusively, they get it on time the next day, sometimes even the same day, but not lately, friends. Has that been your experience? Prime is delayed. In fact, I had one time where Prime, you know, they, they shipped it off to UPS, said, well, UPS has got it from now. What's up with that? Or if it's not waiting for a package at Christmas, let's talk about what we can all relate to. Waiting for a text. How long do you wait for a text back before you've given up? Is it one minute? Is it five minutes? An hour? A day? I don't know about you. I bring all of this up because here's what I've found to be true in life. That if the wait is long enough, you may be tempted to give up. And if I transition from some light things to some serious things, uh, maybe we can apply it to these circumstances. If you've ever had a job that wasn't getting any better, and, and, and you were wondering, you know, man, is it always going to be this way? You might have been tempted to give up on that job and make a career change. If you've been in a relationship, 
and someone said they were going to do, and you know what should have happened, and nothing is changing, you know what it is to be tempted to give up on that relationship. And that can be so defeating. So that's the problem of waiting. Sometimes what we wait for doesn't come through. You know, the Proverbs actually talk about this. I love the book of Proverbs. And this one always sticks out to me. Proverbs says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. And so maybe you've been there at one time or another. But on the flip side of things, if what you're waiting for finally comes, if what you hoped would happen at Christmas was unwrapped, well, I can make your day. I was considering this as I heard about a World War II vet uh, his name is Ernie Retta, and the reason he made the news is as a 97-year-old, he finally got his GED. Now, the story goes that um, when World War II was going on, they drafted him, and he uh, was a senior in high school, so he had to go out, and he fought in the Battle of the Bulge and some pretty epic battles there, um, but, but never got his GED. And so 78 years later, uh, this year, uh, he walked across the stage, finally got his diploma, they even found a yearbook from 1943 to give to him. And you can imagine what it was to, to finally have that moment, waiting so long to graduate from high school. What this reminds me of, of uh, uh, what, what happens when, when what we wait for comes to fruition. If what you're waiting for happens, you have hope restored. I consider this from watching sports. For a long time, I've given up watching on the Bulls. But now the Bulls are kind of good. They're on top of the division. I'm like, well, maybe, maybe I should watch again. My hope's restored. Maybe for you it was uh, that same job. And, and you thought maybe it's a career change that was needed, but, but then it gets a little bit better, so you stick in just a little bit longer. Or maybe it is that relationship. And because they did a little bit, maybe you're like, well, maybe, maybe it's not so bad. Maybe it'll work out, right? Because if what you're waiting for actually happens, you start to hope again. Proverbs also speaks to this. It says, a longing fulfilled is the tree of life. And I wonder how many kids are going to have that this Christmas. They're going to open a present and be like, ah. And you're going to see the tree of life as they light up. But we've come to talk about spiritual matters on Christmas Eve. And why this is relevant is because, I don't know about you, but I see around me a lot of people who have given up on God. And by the way, welcome. I don't know your experience with Christ. Welcome if you're here. Welcome if you're online. Um, and I think there's a lot of different reasons for this. For some, I think it's not intentional. It's just that life is busy. And what was before just a moral obligation um, is now easy to crowd out because, well, I haven't enjoyed it anyway. For others... Um, they learned what we know as church people, that unfortunately, there is no perfect church, and there's no perfect pastor, and there's no perfect Christians. And so, uh, unfortunately, in their dealings with, with that, they say, well, maybe this just isn't for me. But then finally, there are those who really were connected to God, and they prayed to God, and they were devout. And they prayed so hard, and yet what they prayed for didn't happen. And they couldn't understand it. And so they were tempted to give up. Now, if you can relate to that on any level, that's why I love that you're here tonight. Because Christmas Eve is all about hope restored. 
The message of Christmas is that God came through for us, that he's trustworthy and reliable, that he will not, he cannot fail us. In fact, as we look just at history, it was 500 years from the time of Malachi until the birth of Jesus. Some had called it the silent era, and people probably misinterpreted God's silence for his absence, but that's never the case. God came through. And tonight, you get to see that once again. Tonight, you get to see with the shepherds what's in the manger. And you get to sing with the angels. And you get to marvel with Mary. And if just some of that comes and touches your heart, you'll have reason to have your hope and faith restored once again. So let's get into it. Our lesson for this Christmas Eve is about Simeon and Anna who had waited and waited to see the Messiah and hold him in his arms. And that day finally came for him. Our lesson is from Luke chapter 2. Here it says, Now there is a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. Now, if you grew up in a traditional church with the liturgy, uh, this is the now dismisses the nunc dimittis. And, um, and you may have even sung that many times if you grew up in traditional church. Uh, but basically, what's the point here? Um, Simeon is saying, I am so good with what I'm seeing right now, I don't need anything else. I'm so good, Lord, if you want to take me now, I'm, I'm good with my life. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you've prepared in the sight of nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to him, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. But now there was a prophet Anna, the daughter of Penuel, the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who are looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. This is the incredible encounter, and can you imagine what it was like for Simeon to hold the Son of God in his hands? What a moment. That's what we're going to talk about through the lens of faith. I'm just curious, um, how many of you are fans of Disney World? Been to Disney World? Anyone a fan of it? My parents live in Orlando. In fact, uh, people are asking about Christmas plans. And, and I have a lot of actually like Christmas memories at Disney. And if you've ever been to Disney, they do a lot of things well. I remember they had uh, these lights, uh, this kind of uh, mock neighborhood. And you put on these glasses and they made all the lights 3D and jump out. I'm like, wow, Disney, you did it again. And if you've ever been there, maybe you've marveled at Disney and all that they do. But something that hasn't gotten better in the past years is waiting. If you go to Disney, be prepared to wait. 
Um, in, in fact, you, you might be familiar with a sign like this. And the last time our family went, we spent three hours waiting for the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. Now, I got to tell you, I don't remember what the ride was like at all. That was two minutes. I do remember the line. The line seemed like an eternity. I remember the best part of my day was the cinnamon roll and the coffee that I had in line waiting for this mine train, right? In fact, Jim Gaffigan, he kind of has a bit about this. I don't know if you've heard of that comedian. Uh, he, he has a similar story about waiting for Dumbo and feeling like a Dumbo for waiting for two hours for that thing, right? Yeah. I bring all of this up to make a significant point, and that is this. Some things in life aren't worth the wait. And I don't know where that lands for you. <laughs> it kind of reminds me, I don't know if you ever hear from like NASA and there's going to be like this once in a lifetime event at night. And so you wake up at 3 a.m. in order to see this comet or a star. And, and after you see like, oh yeah, it is a little brighter. You're like, why did I do that? Right? It wasn't worth it. Or maybe it was. You remember your Christmas. You remember wanting that one toy, whatever it was. That was a total disappointment. And you're like, this looked way better online. And when I was playing with it in my head, I'm like, that was, but it's not that great. That's life. And the reason this is relevant is because no matter how old we get, we're always waiting on something, aren't we? We're waiting to graduate from school and move on. We're waiting to get married. We're waiting for our kids to get married or to have a grandchild. We're waiting to retire. We're waiting to move up the corporate ladder. We're waiting for this or that. I, I don't know what you're waiting for. But the question I have is, what, is what you're waiting for going to be worth it? And as you consider that, hold that thought. I want you to consider what Simeon was waiting for. Our lesson tells us, as we meet him in the temple, that he was waiting for, and think of all the things we could fill in the blank that would maybe in our minds be good. He was waiting for the end of COVID, because then we could all rejoice, right? I don't want to say COVID ever again. He was waiting for gas prices to be lower. That'd be great. He was waiting for fill in the blank. But what he was waiting for is so much more significant than what we find ourselves waiting for. Because his was about a spiritual concern. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. And it was so interesting translating the Greek. Uh, the consolation, that word, meant literally the comfort of Israel. It's the word paraclete, which is also describing the Holy Spirit, which was interesting for me to consider. He, he was waiting for the salvation of God, for God to come through. And as we consider him waiting and what God made happen, this is what we find. That if you're waiting and hoping in the Lord, it's always worth it. All you need to do is consider Simeon who was waiting his whole life and now is holding Jesus. And what he finds is that God came through. And so I don't know what passage you found in the Bible to live by. That he works out everything for your good. That Yao can't outgive the giver. That he, he leads us to forgive because we've been forgiven. I don't know what you're banking on and what you're living on, but if you hope in the Lord and if you're waiting for him to fulfill his promises, I tell you it's not a matter of if, but when. As I considered this, I considered um, one of my favorite Christmas movies, and I don't know what's yours. The, there's, it's a Wonderful Life, that's a good one, or, or Elf, or I've heard a lot about the Christmas Chronicles. Uh, for me, you know, Chicagoan, um, 
I love Home Alone. Love Home Alone. In fact, maybe you saw what I saw, that you could actually um, stay at the McAllister house on Airbnb. Did anyone see this? I was thinking about going after it, you know, but I missed the window. I missed it. It would be awesome to stay at the McAllister house. I just think so. Will met. So that's where you got to go, those North Siders. But anyway. And if you've seen the movies, there's a lot to, to take in. There, there's a lot about it. Um, but one of the things I pick up on is that the mom in the movie, as absent-minded as she was to lose Kevin in the first place, she always came through. The, the mom would do whatever she could to see Kevin at Christmas. And so on Christmas Day, here she is, even after she had to ride in a, a van with a polka band. And in the second one, even if she's in Florida, she's going to fly to New York and search the biggest city in the world to finally be with Kevin at Christmas. The mom comes through. Do you have someone like that in your life? Aren't they great? Maybe it's Christmas and they, they always cook that, that one thing that you like. They bring that cookie, they bring that entree, and they're like, ah, oh, he came through again, that's awesome. Maybe that's how they give gifts. There's always someone who is like, they're mind readers, and like, you didn't even tell them that you wanted it, but they knew, and then you unwrap it, like, how did you, wow, came through again. I bring this up, because in a more significant way, what the Christmas message is, is that God always comes through. He doesn't know how not to. Simeon had received a promise from God. And God came through for him. And so if you're taking notes, here's our next takeaway. I believe hope can be renewed in God because he does come through. Not only to Simeon, but to Mary. When Mary was, was given the, the promise of a, a birth, even though she was a virgin and unmarried, the angel also said, no word from God will ever fail. And I found this to be true. In fact, consider at Christmas how many of the prophecies of the Old Testament are fulfilled just on this night, just in this happening. The virgin birth in Bethlehem and the line and the root of Jesse, the line of Abraham, the line of David, a king forever, all of these culminating because God keeps his word. How incredible. Well, that's for Simeon and, and for Mary and for Anna, but maybe you're wondering, well, pastor, how do I know that God came through for me? Yeah, he showed up at Christmas. What does that have to do with me? One of my favorite things to tell you about this story is where Jesus is and why he's there. So I just read it. Do you know where Jesus is? He's at the temple. Why is he there? Does God have any need to worship God? No. I'll let you in on the clue. The, the clue is this, and it says in our lesson, the parents brought the child uh, to the temple to do for him what the custom of the law required. See, what was natural as a Jew is you had this law that after 40 days, uh, the child would be brought to the temple and, and the parents would give an offering um, and also the child would be circumcised. And this was the law in order to set the child apart, to set the Jewish nation apart. And what I'm reminded of is, yes, Jesus' birth is important, but his life is so important. 
Yes, Jesus' cross is important, but every day he lived was important. His empty grave is important, but he needed to be born under the law and fulfill the law for us, and that's what he's doing for you. The story reminds us that not one of us could ever be perfect under the laws of God. We've all been loveless and careless at one time or another, but that's why Jesus came. And simply through faith, he says, you're righteous. Simply through faith, he gives you a right standing in front of a holy God. This is Jesus coming through for you and for me. But there's so much more to consider. And as we consider this, um, I consider that he's come through for our salvation, but he comes through for us in so many different ways. Yes, it's true he saved us, but have you ever had Jesus come through for you in other ways? Maybe you could even share a story sometime uh, where where you wondered where you were going to have enough and then Jesus came through. It's a conversation I had with one of our our ladies here at Amazing Love. Didn't know where all the presents were going to come from for their children, and yet God surprised her in all the different avenues and gave more than what was expected. For me, um, significantly, uh, how God came through, uh, he came through in a name named Jeff. (laughs) And it was a dream to work with someone and learn from someone. And if you've met him, he's just a great guy. God hears and he knows and he comes through in so many significant ways, doesn't he? As we continue, I wanted to talk a little bit about opening presents and and I'm wondering, have you ever been able to figure out what you were getting just by looking at it under the tree? In fact, maybe some of you will go home tonight and you'll know what box uh, is what you wanted. Maybe you've shaken it. Maybe you've, you know, uh, heard it, you know, make some noise. Um, Just wondering, maybe you can play along. Uh, Can you guess what's inside of this? It's a ball, isn't it? And if I was more specific, maybe you could even guess this is a basketball. It doesn't take much to figure out uh, what's under the wrapping when we look at certain things. I bring this up because on Christmas Eve, it's kind of like God is wrapped. Like we can imagine being there with the shepherds and and hearing from the angels and and picking up Jesus for ourselves, and yet it's still kind of veiled, it's still kind of wrapped. When when I considered um, Simeon's story, I considered the, the greater glory of actually holding Jesus. In, in fact, I, I remember um, his passage. It was revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. And I kind of got envious of that. I was like, God, I want a promise like that. That'd be so cool. I, I want to not die and see you. What about you? And then I started thinking even more. And do you know someday I'm going to see God unwrapped? Do you know, I haven't been given the same promise, but a similar promise, and so have you. In Revelation chapter 1, look what it says. Look, he is coming on the clouds, and every eye will see him. What I'm talking about this night will be your reality sooner than you know. What Simeon and Anna experienced, you will experience very quickly. We might not have been there for his first coming, but we will all be there 
for his second coming. And why I love Christmas Eve and why hope is restored is because it's simply a foreshadowing of the day when we see Jesus. How awesome that will be. If you've ever wondered what the glory and splendor, what the beauty and majesty will be like, it will be yours soon. In fact, what's really interesting for me to observe is all the people God calls to his side during Christmas. Do do you have anyone that you know, um, a family member who is called to God's side at Christmas? Uh, Just today, I had someone text me and ask for a prayer request because someone was called to God's side. I have a brother in ministry, and, and his wife, just this week, his wife of 53 years, was called to God's side. Almost 20 years ago, my grandfather, on Christmas Day, was called to God's side. Because his goal is that we would all see him. And someday, we will. But I guess the question I have for you is, are you ready for that? If Jesus were to come down right now and stand right in the middle there and say, hey, I'm here, are you ready for that? And what's really interesting is is the words of Simeon describing what Jesus would do. So Simeon goes on and says about the child, he's destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. What, What Simeon is saying is that some people will accept him, but some people will reject him. What he's saying is not everyone will accept the message of full and free grace through Jesus. Some will deny it. And what he's saying is that uh, you might be able to give off an impression to other people, to family members, uh, to those around you, but God who reads your heart will know what is in there. And so I ask again, are you ready if Jesus were to return? And as I consider that, I think of how we get ready for everything else. If you've had to get ready for Christmas, you know that it usually means work. And I don't know what work you've had to put in. Uh, Maybe for you it was shopping. Maybe for you it was wrapping. Maybe it was cleaning a house or making some baked goods. Uh, For me, mine always to get ready, putting the lights out. And it's work to do that, as you know. I always try to pick a warm day. Not always possible in Chicago, right? And so it's work always to get ready. When I talk about getting ready for Jesus, I think that many minds go to work. And so there might be people saying, well, I don't know if I'm ready because, well, I know this part of my life and and, and maybe I need to get to work and tidy it up a little bit. Then I could be ready. Or I know that, you know, my priorities aren't always right. And so, so, so maybe if he could just pause so I can get that kind of more aligned, then I could be ready. Or maybe after hearing that God reads our hearts, you kind of know what's in your heart. And like me, you know it's filled with guilt and shame. Because you haven't been the perfect version of yourself. How can we be ready? Hmm. Here's the really good news. Being ready is not about all the work that you have to do. In fact, consider this posture. Feel free, if anyone would like to do this, hold your hands out. When my hands are like this, what am I ready to do? I'm ready to receive, aren't I? 
When, when my hands are like this, someone can put in there a present, a frango mint, that'd be delicious, a candy cane, a donut. I, 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 the only thing this allows me to do is receive. That's all God is asking for you. He's not asking you to work. He's asking you to simply have open hands to receive the goodness that he has in store. Because what he wants to place in there is forgiveness. What he wants to place in there is eternal life. What he wants to place in there is the knowledge of his presence and his unfailing love if you were to receive. And in the church world, there is a, a description for open hands. You know what we call the open hands in church? Faith. Because believing is receiving. And it is faith that is what matters at the ends. It is faith that separates the sheep, the believers, from the unbelievers, the goats. It is faith that gives us clarity to see that Christmas actually happened. He was born for us to rescue us. And it is faith that comes to the message of Christ that we're hearing right now. And so if you want to be ready and you want hope restored, it is restored as you simply believe. Believe the Christmas story. And then with the eyes of faith, see with the shepherds and sing with the angels and marvel with Mary and know that someday you're not going to have to take their lens because with your very own eyes, you'll see the Savior of the world who loves you more than you even know. Merry Christmas. May your hope be restored. Let me pray for you. So, Heavenly Father, what we want to do to believe, it's impossible for us, but not for your Holy Spirit. Lord, grant your Spirit so that through faith we see your birth at Christmas. We see that you came through for us. Lord, through faith, give us the gifts of forgiveness, righteousness, and eternal life. And grant that we may stay ready for you by keeping the faith. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.